0: going to jump in. I'm super excited about it. So we have this overarching theme, this passage that we are using for this series called Love Your City, and it comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14, 15, and 16, and it says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under the table, but instead puts it on the stand for all to see. In the same way, let your good deeds shine before others so that those that see will glorify your father. Like that is who we want to be. We want to be a light. We want to shine into darkness. We are called to do that and we get to do that by loving our city, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, and in the city itself. And so, Maybe you've been thinking since last week. Maybe you're thinking today in our workplace. Like, how do we love our city in our workplace, all right? So, obviously, the last 14 months, our workplaces have been different. However, I want you to think for just a moment how much time we spend in our workplaces. Like, how much time do you spend at work? I was looking at different uh, surveys and studies and, obviously, 68. 75% of statistics are made up. I just made that up too. But, <laughs> but, but several of the studies and surveys that I looked at were, were pretty similar. They were kind of in the same ballpark. And it said the average American works approximately 48 hours a week. 38 to 40% of those work 50 hours or more. Like that's a lot of time at the workplace. Check this out. In the same breath, and this was a gut punch for me, the average American spends less than 10 hours of intentional quality time with their own children. All right, four times the amount of time we spend in our workplace than with our own children. And I know we're like, hey, well, I gotta work. You wanna pay my bills, Brian? No, I'm trying to pay mine, right? Like we have to work, we have to do life. But if you're asking the question of why are we talking about loving our city and our workplace, it's for this reason, the amount of time that we spend at our workplace. We literally spend, based off of those studies, just a little less of half, of our waking hours of our life in our workplace. And so I think it's very important that we spend some time diving in, looking into this aspect of how do we love our city in our workplace? How can we be the light, the city on the hill that God has called us to be in our workplace, All right. So we're going to jump in. I would love for you to take notes. I, 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 love as a communicator and not that I need my ego stroked or anybody to toot my own horn, so to speak, but, but I love seeing throughout the week after I teach and preach a message of someone like reposting a line or a statement that God said through me in a message that spoke to you, that impacted you, because it's likely that if it's impacting you, it, it's probably impacting someone, someone else. So, so write those down. Take notes and, uh, And share it if you want to. I would be so honored if you did so. Again, this isn't about me. I just want you to take notes so God can speak to you. All right, here we go. You ready to jump in? I'm ready. I love it. Here we go. The first one is this. Write it down. Your workplace matters. Your workplace matters. And some of you are like, nope, not mine. All right, here we go. Check this out. I'm going to jump around a little bit. I got three different passages from different places. So I'm not gonna be in like one passage. So if you wanna follow along and try to keep up, you can. If not, it's gonna be on the screen or you can write it down, all right? Colossians chapter three, verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Like, hear that out. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Like, thanks, Paul. I appreciate the gut punch But think about that for a moment. If we go to work in our workplaces with this mentality, this perspective, this attitude, that no, I'm not here working for man. Yes, technically we know that we are, but I'm here to work for the Lord. You better believe that your workplace matters. Like it matters. And I just wish that we would step into our workplace every day with this perspective. You talking about loving your city, in your workplace? Just show up for work and say, hey, I'm here to work for the Lord. I'm here to honor him. I'm here to glorify him. I'm here to do all that the Lord wants me to do in my workplace because I'm working for him, not for man. It would change a lot of things. I was reading this story, kind of this sermon illustration, if you will, uh, as I was preparing for this that I wanted to share with you. There was a retired man, uh, who obviously was retired, and uh, he he didn't have a lot to do on his hands. He was just kind of enjoying life. And then, right down the road from his house, they started doing some some major construction. They were adding on, tearing down a building, adding on a new one. And so there was lots of uh of heavy machinery there. I don't know about you, but like I love watching heavy machinery. Like some of these machines. are massive, like, and just to watch, watch them operate, like, it's pretty fascinating. And so this retired man had that same fascination, like, he just enjoyed watching these heavy machines run. And so each day, he would drive to the construction site. He would get out of his truck and just kind of stand in the parking lot, put his hands in his pockets, and he would just watch as they as they constructed. And he noticed this same man who would get into this same uh, piece of machinery and operate it, and he noted how well this man operated this machine, how how particular he was as he maneuvered it around and how hard he worked. And so he would watch for a while, get in his truck, and then go home. And he did this every day for a while. Well, one day... As he was standing there, the operator of the machine actually got out and started walking towards him. And so the retired man looks over at the operator and says, man, I just want you to know that I have really, really enjoyed watching you operate that machinery. Like the way that you maneuver it, the way that you kind of get around and operate it, the hard work that you've been putting in day after day. Like, I just love watching you. I'm a retired guy. I got nothing else to do. And so I just come down here and watch you. And the operator of machinery kind of looks at him with this shocked look on his face. He said, wait a second, you mean you're not my supervisor? (laughs) And I think about that, if you didn't get that, let me bring it back over your head so you can get it. This man was working hard and being extra careful and like maneuvering this machine like he's never done before because he thought his supervisor was standing in the parking lot every single day watching him work. And as I think about that, like, think about how often we do that, right? Let's get real. We know the boss is coming in. Everything starts tightening up, you know? It's like when I know mama's coming home, I'm trying to clean the house real quick, right? Like, here comes the boss. We got to get it together. What if we went to work every day and we acted and worked as if we were working for the real boss, the only boss that matters above any other boss. I shouldn't say the only boss that matters because if you don't do your job, you will get fired. But, but the greatest boss of all time, his name is Jesus, right? Like, what if we went to work every single day and we worked as if we are working for the Lord? Our workplace matters. It matters. And you need to understand that. I, I, I understood this more than I ever have in my life years ago. Uh, as most of you know, before I went into full time ministry, I was a registered nurse and uh, and I worked in an emergency department and different trauma centers. And at this time, where God taught me this lesson, uh, I was working at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, at an army hospital. Uh, I was not active duty just just worked there. And I remember one day I was taking care of this this elderly lady who was uh, who was critically sick, um, like was 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 going to die. And we were taking care of her. The family was in, and um, I just took care of her, like obviously, like I was supposed to, as a nurse, right? I loved on her. I took care of her medically. I gave support to the family, and and through that time, we got into some conversations with uh, with the family, and she started asking the daughter of the of, of the patient started asking questions about me in my life, and and what it was taking place in my life during that time. I was able able to share, and what it was was that we knew that God was calling my family and I to ministry and we were going to be moving from this area that we were in. We had our house on the market. Uh, we were just waiting on God's timing. We were waiting on him to finish unfolding his plan. He had placed a city on our hearts where we really felt strongly that that was where God was going to lead us. And he eventually did. Uh, but in this season, We were just waiting. And so I was nursing. I knew that I was going to quit nursing to move to the city that God had given us or placed on our heart to go be uh, full time in ministry. And so obviously I'm, I'm working as a nurse. I'm still giving it my best. But in my mind, there was this aspect to where I was kind of already in this next chapter of my life that God had not yet gotten me to. Like, I'm going to be in ministry, and when I get there, I'm going to start ministering to these people, and I'm going to start ministering to that people, and I'm going to get to preach, and I'm going to get to teach, and I'm going to get to lead people. And like, all of all of my focus happened to be on a chapter that had not even arrived. Again, I wasn't neglecting my life as a nurse and the patients that I was taking care of, However, the ministry opportunities I was looking at were in the future and not necessarily in the present. And so this lady, uh, ends up passing. And I was actually able to, to go up to the ICU a couple of days after I took care of her in the ED and pray with the family and uh, and just spend some time. And anyways, the, the family was super, super appreciative. And so the mother wrote a long letter to the commander of the hospital and was just basically saying how, uh, how awesome the care that she received from the time she walked in the ED, her mother, from the time she passed in the ICU, like the entire hospital, she was just complimenting the staff. But then she wrote a little note that was specific uh towards me. And I, I can I can see it on paper right now and I know it word for word. Uh, and she was she was basically praising uh the care that I provided to her mother. Again, I'm not I say this humbly, but but she said this. She said, Brian, you said that you were going into ministry, but for us, nursing is your ministry. And I remember reading that in that moment, thinking, man, what opportunities have I missed out on that God was trying to give me and, and open doors for me to do ministry because my mind was at a place where I thought I was supposed to be to do ministry. Like, like I know that that nursing is taking care of people and I get to help people, but but I had never fully looked at nursing as a ministry in itself. And I just wonder today if there's somebody out there who's working a job and you think your job doesn't matter because you're working for man and you're not working for, the Lord to where you're not looking for opportunities to do ministry. You're just going to church and you're waiting to serve in those areas and you're waiting to flip your little Christian light on when you show up in those environments, but yet you're neglecting all of that in your workplace. Like your job matters. Your workplace matters. And if you will go to work every day saying, I'm going to work for the Lord, guess what? You're going to see opportunities to be the light that God has called us to be. And so we've got to stop thinking that that ministry is like separated and, and tra- look, I just told you my story. Like I, I'm guilty of that to where I'm like, all right, I got to put my pastor hat on. Okay. Whew, I need to take it off. I need a break. Like, no, no, no. We have an opportunity, no matter what environment we are in, whether it's in our neighborhoods, whether it's in our workplaces or whether it's out in the city to be the light that God has called us to be. As, as I meet people in life, one of the things that, that drives me crazy is 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 meeting someone i'm having a conversation and you all know this you meet someone one of the top probably first five questions you're going to ask somebody and i don't know why we do this sometimes i guess it's to get to know other people and then a lot of times i think we're just trying to size somebody up but we ask people what do you do for a living what what kind of work do you do and it irks my nerves when i hear people say i'm just a what do you mean i'm just like i'm just a a coffee maker at starbucks I'm just a cashier at food line. I'm just a, a, a employee at a fast food restaurant. No, no, no. You're not just anything. You're a child of the King. You have a purpose. You have a plan. Jesus was just a carpenter. The disciples were just fishermen, but they were so much more. And so we've got to stop belittling ourselves and putting ourselves down to say, I'm just this. I'm just that. Listen, your workplace matters. Can I tell you something? If you're a barista or however you say that word at Starbucks. Let me tell you something. Every single cup of coffee you make, you do it as if you are making it for Jesus. And when you serve that fresh cup of coffee, you serve it with love. You serve it with a smile on your face and you give everything you have to every cup of coffee that you have. If you work at Chick-fil-A and you're making chicken sandwiches, buddy, you make that thing like Jesus just came through the drive-thru and ordered a number one with extra pickles and a sweet tea. And when he bites into that thing, he understands why we call it Jesus Chicken. Like, you give everything you got. If you work at a grocery store and you're checking out them groceries and you're putting them in a bag, bud, I want you to do it like you are meal prepping for dinner in heaven. Like, come on. Like, we've got to stop acting as if our workplace does. not it matter because everything that we do gives us an opportunity to work for the Lord and be a light like come on we have the ability and just so you know all of those jobs that I just mentioned I'm not saying that any of those are less than but what I'm saying is that so many of us we overlook the workplace environment that God has given us to do work for him and be the light that he's called us to be And so let's be a light in our workplace. Your workplace matters. All right. You're the light of the world, a city on a hill. It cannot be hidden. Your workplace matters. All right. Number two, write this one down. You ready? Whoo. Let me catch my breath. Your workplace needs you. Your workplace needs you. Now. Let me just go ahead and pump the brakes on some of you right now who you're thinking, my workplace don't need me. My workplace don't know me. They don't know my name. I'm just a number in the system. They don't care about me. They don't care about my family. They don't care about what I'm going through. They don't care about the amount of time that I spend here. Like we can go on and on. Listen, I get it. You're probably exactly right, honestly. You may have some of those that are absolute truth in your workplace, okay? Let's step back just a moment and let's remember who we're working for, we're working for the Lord. If we're working for the Lord and we've been given a job by the Lord, our workplace needs us, right? God, you didn't get that job by accident. God has placed you in an environment, in a workplace for you to be the light. And he needs you to be that light because he's placed you in an environment that is dark. Like your workplace needs you. And I want you to remember that. I want you to focus on that. I want you to understand that when we come in there, understanding that we're working for the Lord and that we are in an environment that needs the light, the truth, and the love of Jesus, we are needed. And we've got to step into this and be all that God has called us to be in that workplace. I want to give you a little object illustration here with this flashlight, all right? So one of the things that, that I love to do is uh, is hunt in the fall, all right? I love going hunting. And uh, if you don't know anything about deer hunting, that's okay, I'll just give you a 10 second snapshot. Most deer like to sleep during the day and move at night. And so the best time to catch deer where you could uh, hunt them is right before it gets dark. And so we literally, as hunters, we stay in the woods until it's pitch black, all right? So every day that I hunt and I stay in the woods, I take one of these with me. One of the things that I have never done is sit in a tree until it's dark and get ready to climb out and pull my flashlight out and walk out of the woods in the darkness without turning this light on. Right, like I'm not going to just carry this flashlight and not turn it on and walk through the woods in the dark. Number one, I'm scared. All right, I'd be scared of sounds and stuff. Like, what is that? Okay, even though I got a gun, I'm still scared because I can't shoot what I can't see. Right? Okay, so like I'm scared. Number two, it's dark and I need a light. But I've never carried this flashlight without turning it on, and it it reminds me of a verse in in John chapter one, verse five. It says this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. And so as I'm climbing out of the tree and it's pitch black, I get to turn this light on and the darkness can't extinguish my light. Wherever I shine it, it illuminates and I get to see exactly where I am going. Okay. Now take that story and think about this as a believer. When you come into a saving relationship with Christ, the Bible says that you are a new creation. You come from darkness into light. You come from death into life. And literally, physically, I guess figuratively rather, you are giving a flashlight. You have been given the light of Jesus that lives inside of you. But the problem is so many of us live with this light with a switch on it. And we turn it on when we want to turn it on, and we turn it off when we want to turn it off. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hill that can't be hidden. And some of you are going into your workplaces with a flashlight that looks like this. And you need to go into your workplace with a flashlight that looks like this. Stop turning your light off because of an environment that you are in. We are the light of the world. And if we will go into our workplaces in every aspect and turn this baby on and shine, your workplace may be dark. It may be evil. It may be a bunch of atheists in there. Guess what? This one shines best when it's surrounded by darkness. Turn it on and illuminate your workplace. You can love your city by being a light because your workplace needs you and your workplace matters. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hill, it cannot be hidden. Come on, let's be a light in our workplace. Let's shine bright. Let's not just turn it on when we think it's the right time and turn it off. Let it shine, baby. Extinguish all the darkness. Darkness cannot overtake you. You're the light of the world, all right? You ready? Number three, here we go. Your workplace isn't always going to be easy. Your workplace isn't always going to be easy, all right? Number one, your workplace matters. Number two, your workplace needs you. Number three, your workplace isn't always going to be easy. There there are several things that we could discuss here, okay? Let me say this from from the get-go, kind of superficially. There are some of you in, in in a job right now that you need to pray about getting out of, right? Like, it's toxic. It's damaging you as a believer. It's damaging your marriage. It's damaging your relationship with your kids. Like it is toxic for you. And you need to start praying, God, do you have me here for a reason or is it time for me to go and start submitting my resume to other places? Like there are some people who are listening to this right now. That's the step that you need to take is to start praying about getting out of this workplace environment, okay? In the same breath, Don't try to justify something that's not justifiable and write an email to your boss this afternoon and say, my pastor said you is toxic and I'm out of here, all right? I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. Some of you, you wanna jump ship and leave your workplace because things aren't always easy. So again, there may be be a few of you who need to get out. It's time to find a new job. But there are others where there are things that are happening that are very challenging. There are things at your workplace that are not easy that God wants you to deal with. He wants you to deal with it. He wants you to manage it. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to lean on him. And he wants you to be a light the entire time through it. Like, I I love my job. I believe that I have the greatest job in the world and your job stinks, right? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what you do, but it probably does stink compared to mine, right? (laughs) Like, I love it. I love what I get to do. I love the work that I do. I love being able to preach and share the gospel and to do this right here. Like, I love it. It's, It's what I'm designed to do. It fuels me. Like, I love seeing people, especially teenagers, who kind of wrestle with their identity, and, and all of a sudden, they, it clicks, and this light bulb moment goes off, and they find out who they are in Christ. I love that. I love weddings. I love just seeing God take two people and put them together and unite them as one and be able to celebrate. I love celebrating graduations with kindergartners and middle schoolers and high schoolers and college grads, like, like all of these things I love. It's so much fun, and I enjoy it so much. But then there's things in my workplace that I don't like. I I don't like sitting at a table with a mother and a father who just lost a teenager to suicide. I I don't like sitting at a table with with a husband and a wife who are on the verge of divorce because there was infidelity in the marriage. I I don't like sitting at a table with someone who's addicted to pornography or addicted to drugs and And they just keep falling into this cycle of doing the same thing over and over. I I don't like doing funerals. Like there are a lot of things in my life and and in my workplace that I don't like. But that's what I want you to hear is that your workplace isn't always going to be easy. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that God hasn't given it to you. And I believe that God has placed us strategically in our workplaces for us to face things that we have to rely on him for. And so that we can be a light to where other people, our coworkers, our boss, or whatever it may be, they see us and they watch us shine a bright light with the gospel of Jesus as we deal and manage and navigate through a difficult circumstance. There's power in that. And some of you, you got to understand, I'm working for the Lord. I'm working for the Lord, so this matters. And, and, and right now, my workplace is surrounded by darkness, and my workplace needs me. They, they need to see the light of Jesus in this place, and I am the light that's going to shine in the darkness, and my light cannot be extinguished. And I'm going to shine even when I go through things that are hard, even when I go through things that are not easy. I'm going to close with this story from Scripture in Acts chapter 9. And a few weeks ago, I, I begged you. I'm like, if you've never read Acts chapter 9, please read it. It's one of the most powerful chapters in the entire Bible, in my opinion. But it's, but it's Saul's conversion. So Saul, who's later Paul, who now we have almost half of the New Testament from him. He's headed to Damascus. He's headed to kill and persecute other Christians. He gets blinded by this light, has an encounter with the Lord, And they take him off to this place to where he's sitting there, all right? And so now the Lord is about to speak to a guy named Ananias and he's gonna give him his assignment in his workplace, if you will. Acts chapter nine, verse 10. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. And when you get there, ask For a man from Tarsus named Saul, he is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things that this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So I'm sure that after Ananias gets this assignment, later on down the road, after he carries it out, he's probably so glad that he did. But I would almost guarantee you that as he's getting this assignment in his workplace, if you will, this assignment from the Lord, he's wanting to turn in his resignation. He's wanting to say, no, 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 I I can't, that is not, that's not easy. That's too hard for me. I'm ready to quit. Like I I can't carry out this assignment that you have given me, Lord. I can't step into this door that you have opened for me. I can't step into this, this, this possibility of going and changing this man that you have given in my lap and you want me to step into it. Like I can't do it. I can't take this opportunity. I'm just going to resign. And I wonder if that's where you are in your workplace to where God is giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be the light but it's hard and so you take a step back and you pick up that flashlight and you turn it back off. Why do we do that? Because we want to blend in with everyone else. We don't want to stand out, right? Like like light can't be extinguished by darkness. And so when we shine, you best believe we're going to stand out. But when we step into these things that are hard for us on our own, it puts us in a place to where the only way we can shine our light is to be fully reliant, dependent on the Lord. And I'm telling you what, that is the best place you could be. Church, let's love our cities and our workplaces. Because let me tell you something, your workplace matters. matters. Because you're working for the Lord, and you get to go and be a light, and your workplace needs you. Darkness is everywhere, and we get to go and be a light in our workplace. And sometimes those assignments, they're going to be really hard. They're going to be really hard. So, so, So how are you doing in your workplace? How are you loving your city in your workplace? And some of you, you're listening right now. You're like, well, I don't work. I'm, you know, I don't have a workplace. Maybe your workplace is in your home, raising them 14 kids that you got and homeschooling them. You get to carry this out right there with them too. Maybe your workplace is obviously the last 14 months, everything's changed. You're sitting at a desk and you're on a Zoom call. Guess what? You're still talking to people. You're still having the ability to impact people. You're still having the opportunity to be a light. Quit making excuses because things aren't the same. Shine a light. Light does not judge when it is on. Wherever it's pointed, it illuminates. Let's do that. Let's love our city and our workplaces. We have the ability to do something so powerful and God has given us the instruments, the, 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 the qualifications, the equipping that we need to be the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let's stop lighting our lights and then placing them under the stand. Let's let everybody see them. Let's let everybody see the truth and the gospel of Jesus. So how are you doing? Maybe you need to step up today, make a decision. Hey, I'm making a commitment right now. I'm going to flip a switch. And I'm going to stop doing what I've been doing in my workplace. I'm going to stop taking my flashlight, putting it in my pocket and turning it off, taking the batteries out. I'm going to be the light that Jesus is telling me and calling me to be. And you're going to make that decision right now in this moment as we get ready to pray. Or maybe you're here today and you say, man, you talk about this light and this, this aspect of being made new and from death to life, from darkness to light. Like, I've never experienced that. Let me tell you something. It's the greatest thing that you could ever experience is entering into a relationship with the light of the world named Jesus. And he came to this earth to die on a cross for your sins, to bridge a gap that you could not cross on your own. And he wants a relationship with you. He wants to be the light in your life so that you can be a light to others. And all you need to do is receive and accept that invitation. So no matter where you are, whether you're on one side or the other, I want you to respond. I want you to respond to what God is calling you to do, the tugging that you have in your heart. Whether you're sitting on your couch, you're standing in your garage or you're laying in your bed, you can respond wherever you are. Let's not wait. Let's not go another day without responding to what the Lord is tugging at our heart to do. All right, let's pray together. Lord, we are so thankful that you are the light of the world, that we don't have to walk around in darkness, but that you have paved the way. You have illuminated the path that we are to take. And as we take it, we carry this light and we shine it for others to see. God, I pray right now that you would give us boldness. That you would give us us boldness in our workplaces. Some of us have been in workplaces for years and we've been doing things a certain way. And now in order to switch over and and flip it to where we're a light, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so challenging because people have known us to be somebody that we're not and to act the way that we're not when we are called to be the carriers of the gospel. And so now we, ha- we, we, have to, we have to change things. We have to do things differently. And so God, give us strength, give us boldness, give us courage to be that light. Lord, help us to understand that no matter where we work, no matter what our job is, that it matters because we get to show up day in and day out and work for you. God, I pray that you would remind us that we're not just a number. We're not just a, a, another, you know, employee on the books but that our workplace needs us because we carry the light of Jesus if we're a believer and we get to go shine into darkness. God, give us everything we need, full reliance, faith, and trust in you when things get hard in our workplace, to trust you, to rely on you, to lean on you, and to be all that you've called us to be. God, I pray right now for that individual who's never experienced the gospel light of you, the saving grace of Jesus, that they would step into a relationship with you by simply just acknowledging that they are a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. And that Savior's name is Jesus. And he hung on a cross. And three days later, he raised from the grave. And he paid the price for something we could not pay for on our own. And the invitation to have a relationship with him is right here in front of them. All they have to do is make that confession of faith to say, Jesus, here I am. I want to step into a relationship with you from this day forward. I live my life to you. I surrender it all. Here I am. God, I pray right now that you would transform our lives from the inside out. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, listen.